When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to the Celtic State of Mind. I'm Paul John Dykes, and tonight I'm joined by Kevin McCluskey, all the way in from Budapest in Hungary. Kevin, I hope you had a brilliant New Year. I did indeed, Paul. Yeah, thank you very much. I likewise. I hope you had a, a lovely New Year, and same to everyone else that's watching. And because it's one of the few phrases that I've mastered in Hungarian, I'll give you "Bodog uyevet kivanok." Which is, I wish you a happy new year, my friend. Every time, every time you speak Hungarian, you sound like a villain. You sound villainous. Well, he's not quite sitting on my lap just now, but he's next to me. I've got the cat here as well. So if I was just to like stroke him, I could be like Blofeld. (laughs) Don't stroke it. Dr. Claw is right again. We're going to run through the teams this evening at Celtic at uh, St. Mirren Park to play. St Mirren, of course, uh, Stephen Robinson, St Mirren. And, of course, we will be buoyed by going um, three games, three consecutive wins for the first time this season, Kevin. And, of course, the top of the table clash against Rangers resulted in a 2-1 victory for Brendan Rodgers' men. So let's have a look through um, the team lines. I can say, as we speak, there is another few games in the Scottish Premiership ongoing. Rangers are 3-1 up in the goal they conceded. Kevin McCluskey came from a penalty kick. Wow. I, I find that difficult to believe. <laughs> I need wow. to see that one with my own eyes before I can believe it. But I'm glad that I was sitting down when you told me that news. <laughs> I, I bet it was less than a penalty than the David Turnbull incident against Celtic. But anyway, who would have thought that just as it was going to become a world record and make global news, um, that they would get a penalty? Anyway, I'm not a conspiracist. Absolutely not. Um, here we go. Celtic line up as follows. It's Joe Hart, Alistair Johnson at right back with Greg Taylor at left back, the central defensive partnership. And we've had a few of these this season, Kevin. It's Liam Scales and Mike Novrotsky. Uh, in the midfield, Callum McGregor, Matt O'Reilly and Paolo Bernardo keeps his place. And up top, we have Dyson Maeda, uh, Luis Palma and Kyogo Furahashi on the bench for Celtic. Bain, Lagerbiel and Abada. We've got Yang, Turnbull O. Hatati, Ralston, and Mikey Johnston. Now, we'll run through the team in more detail, Kevin, but what's your first thoughts on that? No real surprises, is there? No, none at all. I'm very happy, actually, with that uh, with that selection. Um, I didn't think he would make any changes or make many changes. The only ones, the enforced change, of course, mm-hmm. with Navrocki coming in for Welsh being injured. Um but we know what Brendan's like, and every now and again he throws every spanner into the works of what you think is the strongest available team. But I think today he's gone for it, and this is the last game, is it not, before the winter breakdown anyway? So yeah. don't make any changes if you don't have to. Go your strongest team. This is the strongest team. 
St Mirren Park's been a difficult venue for us recently, so we're not going to underestimate them or take any chances. And yeah, looking at that team, if they can put in a similar performance like they did at the weekend, I think we'll be two happy lads come full time. Let's hope we are, Kevin. Um, absolutely. And I think uh, the, the suggestion was made on the 12.30 bulletin by one of our uh, commenters that we have seen a slightly different Celtic in the last three games. Not only a Celtic that's winning games, obviously, on the back of the two defeats against Kilmarnock and Hearts, but more of an attacking uh, team selection and game plan whereby straight off uh, the bat we've got a higher tempo, we're playing a higher line, we're getting the, uh, the their defence on the back foot a wee bit more. Have you sensed that yourself, Kevin, watching the last three games? I have a bit. Aye. There was, uh, I think it was the phrase that you came out with against Dundee in the last one before the Rangers game there. It was like the, the shackles had come off mm-hmm. and it feels that way a little bit. Um, the only thing that kind of baffles me in a sense is why we've never done it before mm-hmm. because the way that we've been playing like if we haven't scored a goal in the first 20-25 minutes then we'd become a bit pedestrian and slow and it was it was obvious what we were doing and teams were getting used to it we were sitting deep and making it difficult but in the games that we've come out and attacked we've been able to blow sides away in the first half an hour and even against Dundee when it was goalless at half time it could have been 4 nothing. you know we had the chances we were we're dominating that game and when we do that it's very difficult for anyone else to counter it because we are streets ahead of everyone else when we're on a, on a day and when we're attacking in numbers so uh, it's been been a nice thing to see and uh, let's hope it continues into this game as well Yeah, let's hope so because you know, we, we were trying to break it down Kevin, after um, the defeat against Kilmarnock saying that we had four games you know, between Feyenoord and uh, you know the final game in preparation before the Rangers game, and I, I seen it almost like a, a like a, a micro period of time where you say right, we need to focus on getting the momentum. People were saying Feyenoord's a dead rubber, no point, and etc. etc. All this kind of stuff because there was nothing to play for. Um, but I seen it slightly differently, and I, I took the the kind of view that you start off with Feyenoord's and you you build this momentum, you figure out what your best team is for the Rangers game. That takes you into Harps and then Livingston, then Dundee, and then you're prepared and you've got a bit of confidence. The team is flowing. Um, everybody, you're looking at that start 11 and everybody is the, the guys you want want to be in the team. Uh, there was a few question marks around uh, wingers, for example, or you know the, the Bernardo position. There, there were a few question marks about Kyogo's form. There was quite a few things and you wanted to be prepared going into the Rangers game. Of course, after the, the beginning of that, uh, four-game period, ending in a, a victory against Feyenoord. We go out and we have probably the worst performance of the season against Hearts. We were terrible against Hearts, really, really poor. Um, and then it was almost back to the drawing board. But I do feel that the games against Livingston and Dundee, they weren't vintage. They weren't spectacular victories or anything like that, Kev. But they gave you enough sense that, as you said before, the shackles were off and we went into the Rangers game. I think one of the, the biggest uh, preparations that we had in those two games were was the introduction of Paolo Bernardo. Now, we had seen him in Europe. We had seen him playing domestically. I just don't think he'd stood out a great deal. And he goes to uh, the game there at the weekend at Celtic Park, sold out Celtic Park, great atmosphere. And he's one of the guys who stood up. He stepped up. And he's a player, Kev, who the conversations would have been with us regarding what was the future for him. 
Nat Phillips had been sent away back down the road at Liverpool. We knew it was short term. There was obviously an option to keep him. We decided against it. Bernardo, there was also there's always an option to end a, a loan deal early. You know, we've done it with Maurice Gents, we've done it with uh, Olivier um, Abelgard. And, you know, I was on that fence at that point, Kev. You know, in the three games, Livy Dundee Rangers, he's completely turned my view on him around. And I'm now thinking, right, a decent end to this season, a decent second half of the season from Bernardo, showing us what he has done in the last three games, particularly against Rangers. And you're going to do everything you can to keep him. You are. And uh, I'm going to own it. <laughs> I think it was even, might even have been as, as recent as the Dundee game at half time before he scored the opening goal. When we're talking about him, and I've said, just get rid of him. I think he's a good player, but he's only up for the European games, the game against Rangers. After that, he's not going to be any use to his in, uh, domestic football, probably. You know, the way that he's playing, just, just cut your cord and get rid of him and develop the players that are ours that are on our books. But aye, these last few performances have definitely made me rethink that. Maybe he just needs games, you know, because no one had really been given two or three games in, in Hatati's jersey to go and prove themselves and get match fit and all that. But those last couple of games, like you say, he stepped up big time. His goal against Dundee was, I'm not going to say it was like a, it's not a great classic goal, but it's a great kind of attacking midfielders goal, just making that run in there. It was like reminiscent of Stan Petrov getting in behind the defence and making that run and beyond the forwards. And then against Rangers, I thought he was brilliant. He was absolutely masterful in that game. And the technique on the goal, I think, shows the, the level of the player that he is. So, yeah, if he's in the team just now and if he's keeping a, a fit or 75% fit Rio Hatati at the side, who you would normally have expected to walk back in it, if he can keep that form going, then absolutely. You've got to consider that he's an option for the summer. Um, and I don't know how much the, um, the the agreed fee is or the whatever, but there was a report recently that seen it was like 1.5 million. And if that's true, because I was thinking it was more in the six, seven range that you were paying for Jota. If it's 1.5 million, it becomes a no-brainer. You didn't you bring him in because he's he is a quality player. He is someone that Rogers has trusted in the big European games. He was brilliant against Rangers at the weekend there. And if he's a player on form and he can keep that going, then we do have a player in our hands if we can get him in permanently. Yeah, I've seen that report. Uh, I think it was Football Scotland reported that it was one and a half. But one, yeah. to be to be honest, I, Kate, I, 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 think is, but... I think that's a loan fee. I think the one point five is a loan right. fee. Um, the seven sixty-seven million euros is a fee that's also been quoted. And when you think about the kind of um, fee that you're paying to Benfica for a player who's come through the academy, right? Um, and they, they they put the the massive sell-on clause, they do this in Portugal, they did it with Ryan Gold, remember uh, when he signed for Sport in Lisbon there was some ridiculous fee in there but um, if you do a deal like we did uh, with Benfica for Jota then you obviously negotiate a different fee and we did that successfully with him Um, and I'm not comparing Bernardo to Jota of course I'm not, I mean it's only only been a few games that I've really really been impressed with him in so uh, yeah, if it comes to the if it comes to the crux, Kev, that that's a massive. Listen, someone said earlier on, uh, we've got used to mediocrity in terms of what we're paying. That is still a big fee for Celtic to pay five six million quid. It's a big fee, 
as was the four point three for Novroski, which was the other the, the other player that I felt was kind of thrown into the mix there at the weekend. Um, and for me, he came through with flying colours. I know that uh, it might have been a wee bit rough around the edges, Kev. You know, to be fair, but um, I've seen enough from him, both in a defensive sense uh, and also with regards to his distribution, to suggest that he is going to have a big part to play in the second half of the season. Yeah, he's another one um, that I thought had a really good game when he came on on Saturday. He looked a bit like a player who hadn't played for two or three months, <laughs> which is understandable, you know, considering that is the case. Uh, there were a few times where he's, maybe his distribution wasn't great or his positioning to start with wasn't great. But I think his recovery and everything was brilliant. You know, he made a few good kind of, not last-ditch tackles, but good recovery tackles. He's He was winning the ball. And, and I thought he was. Uh, I thought he looked really good. But one thing that I noticed about him when he came on was he, he also had the look of somebody that just wasn't phased by it. Yeah, you know. Right? And I know. It, I know it was all Celtic fans. It was sixty thousand of us, and it was a more pleasant environment to come into than if it was at Ibrox, for example. But it's still a massive game, and the game was still in the balance at that time. For a guy that hasn't played football for a while, he knows maybe one mistake lets them in. Um, I mean, obviously, if it felt like Dessels, it was it was going to be fine anyway. He would he would miss it, but um, you know, you don't want to get into that habit of gifting chances away. But he came on; he just looked completely unfazed by the whole thing. Anytime he maybe did make a wee mistake or lapse somewhere, he recovered. And generally, I thought he looked pretty assured throughout that game. So, if he gets fit again as well, I'm sure those wee lapses will uh, come out of his game. Yeah, you've then got that four million pound or four million euro defender there alongside Carter Vickers and Scales. You've got three pretty good centre backs going for two positions and you get competition for places which can only be a benefit for us. Well, you know that I think long term I've always kind of thought about Carter Vickers plus another central defender of that ilk. But what's then happened is Liam Scales has thrown his hat into the mix and we didn't expect it so he still got the jersey um, Football Scotland it was that, that reported that fee uh, something else caught my eye from them today which I felt really <laughs> personified the person who uh, made the quote they were talking about um, the handball in inverted commas uh, by Alistair Johnston and the furore that has ensued following that um, and I think that you know when it comes down to it right um, there's there's a level of credibility that is lost when you when you hear some of the some of the comments made by so-called pundits. Um, Chris Boyd, right? I'm I'm, I'm quoting I'm verbatim. It it's verbatim, right? Let's get it right. Abdallah Silma was offside. He was offside, right? So surely that's the end of the sentence, then, right? That's it. Surely? No, no, it goes on. In the build-up to the Alistair Johnson handball incident at Celtic Park, the correct decision was reached. Okay, right? right. That sounds good. Right. But I think we're, we're all in agreement so far. But, <laughs> Kevin, but the way they got there and the clearest mod explanation is the issue. That's the issue because it stinks. All right, so you've been hard done by even though the correct decision was met. Kev, this is what we're dealing with, honestly. When you try to engage in a discussion with someone who is so, um, you know, entrenched 
and that level of bias it, it is frightening. Um, and I think I've had a, I think I've had a load of it in the last forty-eight hours, if I'm being honest. But you know what? I'm just having a bit of fun with it. Um, but yeah, that that is raged on and raged on and raged on. Kev, we spoke about the spitting incident, uh, Balogun. Um, and the way that they have reprogrammed their mind to try and find some kind of mental gymnastic way of finding out if someone spits in the direction of another human being that it cannot possibly be an assault if it doesn't hit them is uh, frightening. But, hey, we probably shouldn't expect any more. I've not read out the St Mirren team yet, so I'm going to do that in just in a wee second. Here we go. There's the Celtic team. St Mirren are lining up as follows. Henning, Bolton, Tanzer, Taylor... Flynn, Mandarin, Kilty, Gogic, Boyd Munt, is it Boyd Munts, um, Olusanya and Fraser, who is captaining the side today. Of course, managed by Stephen Robertson, a very competent manager who seems to get a team like Mullerwell or like St Mirren, gets them very well drilled, well organised, difficult to break down, Kev. And I don't think it's going to be any different tonight. Uh, no, I don't think it is. But um, oh, can we go back to Chris Boyd and his, his comments? I mean, that's just, it's outrageous. This is a guy that gets paid to go on Sky Sports and, you know, give his expert insights and analysis on it. Um, and all he is, he's a, he's a, he's a fan with a mic on that programme and he can't hide the rage that he's got because the right decision was made in the wrong way for his liking. It's, it's baffling. It is baffling. They, they talk about... Um, Aye, they talk about the Celtic fans having an entitlement because we didn't win 10 in a row because we got so used to winning everything. I mean, that whole comment that you've come out with is just full of his entitlement. He believes they should get a penalty because they're Rangers, because yeah. he didn't like the explanation that's come out as to why it wasn't given, even though he admits it was never a penalty because the boy's offside. It is. It's unbelievable. I've been hearing that phrase of mental gymnastics coming out a few times. I love it. It makes me laugh and chuckle every time I hear it. But that's what it is. They do. They do. You know, and when you're shown video evidence from I think there's three different angles now. There's the because there's the camera angle uh, from the host broadcaster and another angle, and then there's a fan angle from the crowd where you see quite clearly that flame is leaving the mouth of the player in the direction of a Celtic fan. doesn't matter if it hits them. There is no such thing as attempted assault in Scots law. It's just assault, right? I mean, if you throw a knife at somebody and it just misses their head, it's still a crime, you know? And the the issue that I've got with that is you can't even have an adult conversation about it, Kev. You cannot even have an adult conversation about it. It's there, and, and you can see it in beautiful technicolour. Therefore, their eyes... I've been reprogrammed not to see it. It's incredible. Chancer, great to see you coming in. I hope you're having a great start to 2024. Happy New Year to you. Uh, please enjoy the game tonight. I hope you do. Jungle Lion, you just want your three points on the board and get out of town. I get that because what happens after tonight, Kev, is you can then replenish. You can bring new new players in during January. You can get everybody up to speed. Carter, Vickers, Hattati, Abada, everybody fit. I know we're losing a few for the Asian Cup when it comes round. But yeah, there is a feeling of that. But I also think, and I said this earlier, going into tonight's game, after the you know the highs of winning the game against Rangers, there is a sense that I want a performance tonight, Kev. Yes, absolutely. Uh, so 
to go back to what you were saying before about uh, St Mirren, and they will be really well organised. That's one of the things that you know you're going to get from a Stephen Robinson team. Um, we've always enjoyed our games against his teams because you know that it's going to be a proper game. Right? They're maybe not going to be the most open side and they're not going to play the best football against you or have a goal so much, but they really make you work for the three points. Yeah, And, you know, you feel like you've really earned them nine times out of ten against them. So I'm expecting another game like that where it's going to be tough, it's going to be difficult. They might be on a bit of a bad run. It's 1-1 I think they've got. So they're not in, in great form, but I think we've seen this before when we come up against a team like this, they'll raise their game because mm -hmm. they're playing Celtic, and so they should. Um, so it's up to us to match it and raise our game as well. This is the final game before the winter shutdown. It's the old one for me of, I want everyone to be given 110%, leave everything out on the pitch today. If you take a knock, you know, as long as it's not a leg break or anything like that, but, you know, go in there, take a knock, take a dead leg, because you've got three or four weeks for it to calm down and you know, you'll be fit again. Just absolutely battle them today in, in, a, in a positive sense, of course, you know, by just going out there, playing that aggressive, attacking front foot football that we know we can play. Mm -hmm. And as I say, just, just leave everything on the park and come away with the three points. And we'll all be very, very happy if that's what happens. Yeah, I think you're right. We'll run through the team in more detail, Kev, and obviously uh, cast our mind back to the game against Rangers and the performances uh, therein. You and boy Martin, always a pleasure to see you. Let's finish on a high with a good performance and convincing win. I agree with that. I think that if we do that, you know that the the Rangers game wasn't us lifting our standards, lifting our levels for the big one, and then they come back down against it. Man, so I do think a performance would be great this evening. Uh, Double Denham, great to see you. Hail, hail, boys. Mona Hoops. Happy with the lineup, hoping Kyogo does a business again. And keen to see Navroski and Bernardo continue their form 4 1 Celtic. I think we've, we've touched on both of these players. When it comes to Navroski, you also look at the um, the partnership between him and Scales. And I think what we've got now is we've got two two players out the back who have got the distribution, Kev. We, we've been uh, lauding the ability of Scales all season to, to find a man. He's brilliant at that wee dink over the top. Um, it, it, you know, he likes that pass over the top. Got a couple of assists as a result of that. Um, and instead of you know the Katowice Starfield uh, kind of game plan, where it was passing back and forth to each other, bringing Joe Hart into it. And when you looked at the amount of passes they were making, um, they never ever made as many passes to anybody else on the park than each other, Katowice and Starfield. I think there's going to be a wee bit more um, of uh, an adventurous nature to the the distribution out the back tonight because. Both those players, Navroski and Scales, have shown that they can do it. Yeah, and I think if you've watched any of the last few games or pretty much any game we've played this season, whenever we have tried to be them a bit more passive and just passing it around at the back, opposition teams are just putting two banks of five up, basically. You know, they're making it incredibly difficult for us to break through and we don't have the same movement like we did last season. Anytime when we've allowed the centre-backs to miss a player out with a pass and it's going forward, we're getting in behind quicker. So there's a few of these things, that you kind know, of these tactical changes that if you, if you watch us for long enough, you just know that it makes sense for us to do. Mm -hmm. And I think those two at the back, yeah, Navrotsky seems to be more direct when he's wanting to get rid of the ball. He's, he's looking to find somebody out wide that can take his forward. Scales has just been, I mean, his whole season has just been incredible. The rise from the player that we would happily have driven 
to any airport in the country to fly him to wherever his next destination was going to be to be in a first choice. Um, and yeah, you see he's got that little ball over the top that, that maybe at times he uses it a bit too much, but it's there and he can release somebody and he's got it in his locker that he can pick out the pass. So I think we will see that. Aye? And that'll help us with that playing on the front foot style that has helped us over the last couple of games. Without a doubt, Kev. There's another thing I want to speak about in uh, relation to centre-halves, and that's the fact that Lagerbjörk makes a return to the bench this evening. He is, at this moment in time, our backup. Because of the injuries, of course, to Carter Vickers and Welsh, the fact that Nat Phillips is away back down to Liverpool, uh, your only options then are Lagerbjörk or Kobayashi, who's still in the in the building. Um, but, you know, for how long, who knows? Liam was saying earlier on, obviously, uh, listening to Japanese media, uh, Liam has said that there's not really been much in the way of any kind of speculation around Kobayashi returning to Japan. Um, however, you do expect him to to move on this January, Kev. It doesn't make sense to have a player that's not contributing. But it just shows you, though, uh, the way that this season has gone with regards to injuries. Kobayashi, as we sit here right now, is the second backup. He is actually the second backup as we sit here now because of the centre-half um, injury situation. So there's, a, there's a, a few bits there to unpack. First one being Nat Phillips has left the building. How is he going to be remembered? Will he be remembered? Really? Good answer. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll forget about him by the time we're finished. If not the pre-match, then by half-time. He was, he was hopeless. Is that it? That's it. That's it. Tell me a player. Tell me a player that you're going to put them in the same bracket as them. Oh, I mean, I guess the obvious one's Shane Duffy. You would say because mm-hmm. he came up on loan as well. But I want to. I want to think of someone else that's a wee bit more obscure. Give me time. I'll try and think of someone. What about Michael Gray? Remember he came in uh, on loan under Martin O'Neill. Michael, no. Ah, Michael Gray done all right, didn't he? He was he was decent on the left. I'm going to go with um, either of them. I know one of them's still with us, but they're both equally as useless in a way. Johnny Kenny or John Joe Kenny. That's who he's up there with. Wow. I mean that that is a right slap in the dish for him, isn't it? Um, when we <laughs> when we also look at Lagerbjörk, then what you know what does it mean for him? The fact that he's out he's out in the cold, right? Uh, we were talking about the fact that, that it was almost bookended his Celtic career. The, the red card against Feyenoord away versus the goal, the winning goal against uh, Feyenoord at home. And we're all singing lager, lager, lager for those who uh, were into train spotting back in the day and Britpop and everything else that was happening. Um, however, it did seem pretty clear that the um, the player would be moved on in January. Does the injuries to Carter Vickers and Welsh make any difference to that situation, do you feel? Depends how serious they are. Um, I think if we go into the the period after the the winter shutdown, you've got a fit Navrotsky scales and a fit Carter Vickers. I don't think it makes um, don't think it makes any difference. To be honest, I think because um, then Welsh becomes fourth choice. So I feel sorry for the lad because I had high hopes for him when he came in. I didn't think he was too terrible in his first few games. You know, he looked like there was rough edges there that if he could just polish them off, he'd be a decent player. Mm-hmm. Firing out of the ways obviously kind of ruined him a little bit. Um, and then, obviously, there's the, the talk that Rodgers just doesn't fancy him and he's right out of the picture. So I feel sorry for him. He's probably been 
a good player who's been brought in under false pretenses into the wrong club at the wrong time. But I don't see, unless the injuries to Carter Vickers and Welsh are particularly serious, then I don't mm. see him having a big part to play in the second half of the season. He'll be fifth choice, and, and fifth choice won't get him a game. No, I've thought of a player to compare him Go to. For it. Uh, we're obviously talking about Nat Phillips, Stefan Honcho. Oh, remember him? There's Matt a new thing. Yeah, yeah. So he was yeah, a free transfer from Liverpool, played eight games. Um, a player of undoubted ability, but didn't really show it in the hoops. There you go. There's a wee blast for the past. Since we're doing it, Pavel Brozek, I know it's a different position. But he came in, and in the zero minutes that he played for us, he had as much positive impact as Nat Phillips did. Fair enough. Aye, I, I don't disagree <laughs> with that. <laughs> um, Can and, we just and listen to a Nat Phillips bashing for the next oh, three minutes of the game? Just, when you look <laughs> at the wages he was on, it was such a, a bad move. Mount Kadath, uh, hello, fellow conspiracy theorists. You've been reading my social <laughs> media pages. What a beautiful day to be a Celtic fan. Let's go out there and double down before the break. Absolutely. Kevin uh, McCloskey, give me a prediction for this evening. What type of performance are we going to get? Who's going to shine? What is the score going to be? I'll make a meme out of this one then. It's going to be a swashbuckling performance from Celtic. We're going to we're going to win this one three nothing at a canter. And uh, I don't know if you usually make these kind of predictions, but Kyogo's going to get a double. There you go. All right. Well, I wouldn't mind seeing Kyogo getting a treble. <laughs> I wouldn't mind seeing him getting a, a hat trick. Kev, what was your thoughts on him being call. left out of the Japan squad for the Asian Cup? Mm-hmm. Uh, delighted. <laughs> you know, it's a very selfish reaction. But I'm absolutely delighted that he's been left out because it, it means he gets a proper rest over winter. And when we come back after the break, he's ours. He's not still playing in the Asian Cup for Japan. Uh, the human side of me feels sorry for him because he'll obviously want to go and represent his nation and play in the Asian Cup. It's, it's as big as the European Championships is. We can't knock it or put it down in any way. It's a massive competition. He obviously wants to be there. Um, but selfishly, very happy that he's not. Yeah, and Paul, this is the you're speaking my language, Paul. I hope the Japanese coach is watching and Kyogo gets a hat trick. Absolutely, here's another player to throw in the mix. Remember Ravi Gershon? Remember, surely came in, played about two minutes, and then left. So, Scott's uh, Gary Gillespie. I was at Gary Gillespie's debut against Falkirk, he looked brilliant. He looked absolutely great. Remember on the the bus coming home at five, you know, going on about how great a signing he was—a million quid—and he's just a big sick note, wasn't he? Um, thanks everybody for getting involved. Yes, tonight it's all about uh, putting his game to bed. Hopefully, getting a performance and um, let us know how you're you're feeling in terms of your predictions as well. We will be back, obviously, at half time to to hear the thoughts of Kevin McCluskey, who has become something of a regular in the match day squad. So thank you all for getting involved. If you haven't done so already, hit that subscribe button. We're just under 25,000 subscribers on the YouTube channel. Get involved in the chat, hit the notifications bell, and give us a thumbs up for the video as well. Let's go to the action. Hopefully, we'll be talking about a Celtic victory. We'll see you at halftime. Thank you to Kevin McCluskey for joining me on a Celtic State of Mind.
Social Podcast Network.